Welcome to Beyond, conversations with artists, makers, explorers who have gone outside of the norm to create their own true world, to sing their own precious song. Each of us is born with a song inside, but most will die having never sung it. Imagine if, as a little child, instead of being asked, what will you do when you grow up? What will you be? Or what kind of job will you get when you grow up? If instead you are told, now is the time to listen. As you grow, listen for the sounds of your song. The song that comes from your blood, your bones, your people. Listen for the melody, the verses, the tune. And when you hear your song, sing it. Imagine that kind of world. That's the kind of world I'm devoted to building. I am your host, Daphne Cohn, the creator of multiple online programs, courses, and within a community for artists, makers, and writers dedicated to the courage and practice of singing their own song. I ask you, are you ready to sing your own song? Are you ready to go beyond? My guest today is Mariana May. Mariana is an artist, visionary, founder of Easy to Breathe, Unearth, and, and I will butcher this because I do not have a Spanish accent, I do not speak Spanish, Origin Raiz, an organization in alliance with indigenous nations of Mexico, Peru, and Guatemala, committed to amplifying the voice of cultural education, preservation, and exchange. Mariana has been working with Clay since she was six and teaching pottery since 2013. She also guides women through ceremonial workshops to heal and strengthen their ancient, authentic voices. Mariana's work highlights our ancestral emotional wounds as tools, being in right relationship with the natural world, expressing our voice through song, and cultivating creativity in celebration of the story we are here on earth to tell. Mariana is a force of beauty, strength, and wisdom who is changing worlds by living true to her own. Some of the things that we talk about in this conversation are her relationship to the spirit of clay and how it guides her life, choosing the unknown to follow the heart and spirit, the decolonization and deconditioning of cultural programming, choosing a more primitive life, and practical steps for slowing down and living your greater vision. We will dive deeper into relationship with the earth, ourselves, and our creativity in a more intimate artist talk in Within, which is the online community, the private online community that I run with Alana for artists, makers, and writers. You can join the two of us and the members of Within for this talk in February. You can learn more about Mariana at easytobreathe.com and you can join the artists, makers, and writers of Within for an intimate Q&A over at within-online.com. May this conversation inspire you to go within, to the raw, wild expanse of mystery that is your beating heart, vibrating body, pulsing life, in order to go beyond, to utter the sacred, your words, dance, painting, art, to sing your song. Welcome, Mariana, to Beyond, the podcast. I'm really, really excited that you're here. I'm really looking forward to this conversation. Thank you, Daphne. Thank you for welcoming me here. So I'm going to begin with something pretty broad. And 
I have never asked this question before, but in listening to other conversations that you've had, other interviews you had, and reading your words, the importance of this is not, it's not just that it's so important to who you are in your work, but I feel like it's so important to who we all are into our time and, and just recognizing where we come from. So I'd like to begin with your origin story. And by that, I mean where you come from, who your people are. Well, I was brought into this earth plane from the region of Mexico, Tenochtitlan, what is now known as Mexico City, the Efe. I was born upon those lands in that sacred valley and was raised there throughout my childhood from ancestry on my maternal lineage, native Mexica, and also Spanish ancestry. And from my paternal side, carrying mostly Spanish Basque ancestry. So that both worlds have guided, you know, my life and have brought me here, both ancestries from, you know, different parts of the world and being raised upon the lands of Mexico and um, really feeling my roots strong there. You know, that's where my 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 home is that's where my heart is that's where origin is for me and as I grew and we migrated we moved to different lands I feel like yeah every place that I've that I've called home has has shaped my origin you know the story that I'm continuously sculpting and retelling and remembering but I do feel like my true roots are 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 deeply anchored in the the valley of Mexico Tenochtitlan and it's it's where it all comes from and that's that's where I return to so I want to start with your one aspect of your work which is pottery you have this relationship with clay that maybe all potters have but I've actually never heard people speak of it quite in the way that you do So can you talk about, and this relates to roots and where we come from, about what it is that clay in particular, like what is the draw for you in clay? And we can get into how clay helps all of us, but specifically right now, your story with it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so clay of course as most of us know it as is a form right it's a functional external representation of what clay actually is and that's how people call it pottery and there's so much to share about you know the history the her story of pottery within all cultures around the world as some call it ceramic some call it pottery there's just different you know levels of how primitive it is and then how manufactured it is so Uh, Most of us know pottery or clay, refer to clay as this form and this this scene representation of a cup, a bowl, something that we always are in relationship with, you know, with our food, with this vessel, you know, that we hold. And what I have come to find throughout my journey and my relationship with clay, which, yeah, I love that you, you shared 
you know, that it is a relationship because it's, it's so much deeper than just the form. It's so much more than just what we see. And so as I have really dedicated myself to my journey of remembrance from my ancestry and just my roots, my origin, you know, what I'm here to do on this earth, my mission is that we all have a relationship with clay because it is the ground beneath our feet. It is, you know, the, um, it is our skin, it's our body. And so if we can, you know, perhaps shift our perspective of what is clay and, and see it as this, this something deeper than just matter, but this spirit and, you know, within my relationship, it's, it's now become a, a spiritual relationship with the clay mother, which is mother earth, mother tierra, and, and this, you know, universal mother that we all have and that we're all being mothered by. And, and, and it's, it's for all of us. It's for all of us. We are all daughters of the clay mother because in every single culture around the world, clay was one of the primordial ways of communing with water and communing with food and you know over time it's been it's evolved and and it's become now a craft right it's it's become now more of an art form rather than a relationship to the spirit of clay so as i've grown and as my relationship with with my this art form has grown i've really returned to the root of all of this and it's simply just that remembrance you know that that we are all daughters and sons however you relate to being you know a descendant of the great mother that clay mother is you know is it lives within that breathes within that and and we all have that relationship so how beautiful it is to cultivate that and dig a little deeper you know within the scene from from what we're holding in our hands and and yeah, remember, remember why that is and why it's available to all of us. Okay, I have, there's a number of things here because the first is this idea of the spirit of clay. It's, it's so different than how we tend to think about, oh, I'm getting, I'm picking up my chunk of clay or even if I'm digging it out of the ground I might not be digging it with that kind of consciousness so I really would like to hear more about the spirit of clay as you see it and the impact that that has on on not only what you make but how you live with it and I'm also curious in that if getting to that understanding getting to the relationship that you have with clay right now what that like, did you start off with that relationship with Clay? Like, how has that evolved? Yeah, many stories there. But I feel like innately, I, I knew, you know, that that deep within my soul, Clay was speaking to me in that way. But I didn't have the the understanding yet, you know, to know what that relationship was really guiding me into. I started working with clay when I was six. And so, you know, it became a tool for me to express myself. And so I'm so grateful that I was able to, as a young child, commune and, and build a relationship. And I think that within, within 
what you just asked, everything, I feel if we just zoom out a little bit, if we just kind of take a, take us a backseat and, and view it from a different perspective or from a wider lens of understanding, we remember that we are human kin living in a natural world. And when we come to that place of understanding or even just acknowledgement, we don't even have to understand it. We begin to see the, and feel the spirit of this, of this life of, you know, the, the, the spirit of creation that lives in the natural world and that as humans, we are simply here to witness that. And so, so to be in communion or to be in a relationship with the world around us is, is to open the ears of your heart and, and inquire, inquire how to understand um, this life and, and all that we're blessed to to receive in this life. So for you, like you started working with clay at six, you have this, this relationship with clay. And I know you said there's many stories that could be told. If you have one or two to give an example of what that evolution, like what that deeper understanding look like how you how you started to come to a deeper understanding if that was part of what was taught you or if that was something that you came to on your own in your own process in the own in your own questions that you asked like what was it that facilitated that this the relationship that you now have with clay well i do feel like it it stemmed from this longing or search for belonging within my own body here on you know in a culture that that is foreign to me and then being a sensitive creative being which I feel like we all are inherently however just over time so much life has just has coded ourselves with with stories trauma so much more and so inherently, I feel like we are all attuned and it's just the journey of remembering that and returning to that. So for me, I feel like it was it was at a time where I was living in the city. I was living in so-called Los Angeles and, and it was a direction or a, a two-sided road where I could stay in the city and really grow my business as a potter and flourish in that way and then the other direction was to completely decide choose the unknown of moving away from the city which you know my process was if I'm not close to a city with a community of artists then how am I going to grow within my work within this this path of being an artist and so that began a whole deconditioning decolonizing journey within me of what success is, of what creativity really is. And, and through that journey of deconditioning and, and unlearning and remembering, I, I was able to get to the root of, of this is more than just a career. This is more than just a business. This is a life way. This is how my ancestors lived. And so how can I bridge that and be able to live that and also make a living from that and, and be supported simply by returning to 
these traditions and these life ways that my ancestors passed on to me. Okay, I want to go into that because this whole thing about the deconditioning and the decolonizing is something that I'm really not just fascinated, I feel like obsessed by in my life right now. And some part of me always is like, oh my gosh, I came to it so late. But that's also, I think, another piece of the conditioning of when something should be done by or where we should be at by a certain point of our life as if it's some linear unfolding. And so I would love to ask more to dive a little more deeply into this idea of or or into your journey in the deconditioning and the decolonization of your own mind of your own heart your own spirit you said it's like asking these questions like what is success really what is creativity and allowed you to get to the root and what okay there's two pieces one is what is that root that you got to or at least have arrived at for now and then the other is what were some pieces along that journey that can help people like me who are constantly wondering, like always in this process of unraveling and teasing apart and wanting to get underneath what is clouding my view? Yeah, that's so beautiful. And like you said, it's like the beauty is that it's cyclical and I think that I always come back to this reminder of our our bodies just catching up to our spirit in this lifetime. And so there is no rush and there's also always an opportunity to begin or to continue this unlearning, deconditioning journey. And so I feel like for me, the root, the root really is this, this contentment, this peace, this knowing, this yeah, this sense of, of belonging that is, it's so hard to explain, but it's beyond what I do or who I am. And within that, fulfilling the mission that I was destined to fulfill in this lifetime. And so I guess to bring it into practical terms, and within my story, growing up in, in the United States, after being raised with my culture, with my traditions, with my family, and and being removed from that at a young age and feeling this sense of loss of, of where do I go from here? What do I, what am I supposed to do here? And over, you know, I think the course of 13 years, really diving into that journey of, you know, first coming into this culture of, you know, the person beside me is wearing these really cool shoes and so I feel like I need to wear those cool shoes too or fitting in right this like this journey of trying to find our place in the world and feel that authentic self wherever we are what whatever culture we're around the culture within the culture and just this this human human existence that we're always asking questions we're always in, in returning to the mind game of who am I? What am I doing here? And so I would say, of course, because we are inherently in a symbiotic relationship with nature and with all the elements, when we return to to the land and when we 
again, continue to open the ears of our hearts to listen to the spirit of the land and, and this natural living creation around us. I, I, I truly believe that we can easily remember and return to these roots of, of feeling that, that deconditioned, that decolonized, pure sense of self before societal pressures came into our, our life. And it's, it's a lifelong journey. I always say this, and I'm, I always say too that I'm, I'm just the beginning because I do feel like I, I am an old soul in a young body. And that is why I always turn to the elders and turn to my teachers to, to help me remember the way. And, and it's always a little messy, but that's, that's being human and it's beautiful that way. Yeah, it is messy at times. Well, and it's also, that's an interesting word because I think it really actually ties into clay too, because if we think about messy, we talk about it as if we don't want something to be messy, like, oh, we want it to be neat and orderly. And yet, if we look at the earth, there's the earth is only neat and orderly when we come in and make it so, but other in its natural form, it's pretty wild. It's, it's pretty what we would probably call messy. So it's fascinating even just to take that word and say, Oh, right. That is life. Life is messy when, and maybe we, we can just say life is wild. Life is raw. That's what it is to be human when we let ourselves be seen and let ourselves see. So one thing was you had said at one point, and I think this was a while ago, but you said, I can't believe I'm doing this work. I can definitely go more primitive. That is what my, that's where my heart is. That's the bigger vision going back to the old ways, the primitive ways. What does more primitive look like? Are you on that path? Are you wanting to get even more primitive? What does that look like for you in your work? That's so beautiful to hear now. Yes, definitely a journey, a messy journey of returning to source, which is harvesting, foraging, and tending to the clay from the ground up, from the soil, from sand, from the sediment, and and working with the elements, the fire, creating my own fire. And that is how our ancestors communed with clay and the elements in this way. So that is what I what I see as primitive. That is the the a very primal, very raw, very messy way of of being in relation with with the earth and this craft. And I feel for me right now, I'm on my way. I'm definitely on my way. And for me, it looks like first learning from from the tenders, the earth keepers, the stewards of the cultures that are calling to me and within my own culture as well, to learn first how and, and witness them, you know, and, and arrive at the feet at the altar of, of this primitive way of being, because I, I have been raised in a modern way, right? And so I have a lot of, of returning to do. And so I do feel like I'm on my way. And yeah, I loved how you said about this, this life, ourselves being wild and messy, because that is exactly what the clay is, the muddiness. It's like this sticky, muddy, wet essence and sensation that 
we we commune with and we remember and we return to not not having everything be perfect and clean and and beautiful in in the ways that we are conditioned to believe it's beautiful and to uh, remember that nature is so wildly divine in its mess and it's wildly the way that it is to help us remember that we too are just like that so what does that look like for you to listen to the land and also have this very practical side like you run a business and you actually have and we're going to get into several things that are happening right now like several beautiful offerings you have a nonprofit. i mean it's incredible all that you're putting out into the world. So how do you balance how maybe it's not even maybe balance isn't the right word, but how do you hold both of those? How do you stay in rhythm with the, with yourself and with the land while producing so much? Well, I feel like now it's, it's been a practice of balancing and, being with one side, which is prayer and, and vision and communion, and then traveling to the other side, which is action and fulfillment and the, the actual creation of, of the vision, right? And so now what that looks like in my life is having a consistent and dedicated path with ceremonies so different ceremonial works that are now a part of my study and you know this school that I'm enrolled in so when I have the blessing to be in ceremony whether it's with an elder or a medicine woman or man and and with the land mostly with the plants with with the wisdom of the earth that I receive all of this, I hold all of this, and I really tune into that prayer of how may I best deliver this into the physical? How can I even be between these two worlds and, and be able to hold it all and, and, and be a bridge to, to offer it, to receive the vision and then offer it and get out of my way to do it in a good way? So it's, it's definitely a study path, a practice path of, of mine to, to trust, to trust that I am, I'm guided, we all are guided, and that usually my plan is not what actually happens, which is what this work is all about. So constant practice to, to let go of our expectation or my expectation and, and surrender to the timing of when something is ready to be birthed and, and also what it is, what, what is, what is being birthed. So it sounds like being really present to your own guidance and what you're learning from your elders and then, and holding that, embodying that and being present to the guidance within of like, around the timing and the questions that you ask and the attention that you then pay to the answers. That's some of what I'm hearing. And I would add to the integration, I think because we are constantly being 
moved and influenced and impacted by life every single day that in order to integrate all that we are receiving that we need to make space of silence and stillness to to really bring it down south from from the spirit world or or wherever you are receiving it from down to the body down to your heart down to your roots and be able to then walk walk it and and be in in alignment with whatever it is that you're receiving throughout the growth of of the instruction or the the direction the vision beautiful so as you're learning this and you're also teaching like you have this program on earth which is about deepening well i'm sure it's about many things but one thing i have written is deepen your relationship with nature and spirit through the authentic ancient voice of your vessel as a woman so i want to ask about that in a minute but but i'm introducing that because as you teach this like as you teach the four directions as you teach the ceremonies as somebody who doesn't who came into the, to this culture and could feel the alienation coming into this culture and as you're practicing what is of your lineage of your of your people of your culture how how do people like someone like me learning it how would i learn it and practice it and 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 hold the reverence for the fact that it's not my culture and and not do it in a way that is also like in some way colonizing some some other cultures practices and, and beauty and so how how do we bridge that how do we bring that into our lives without somehow tainting where it came from mm-hmm. yeah it's a really beautiful vital point and I think that we all inquire at different times in our lives because we're so we feel so connected with with so many different cultures paths people and I think what's the most important and first step is to inquire that within yourself for your lineage and your culture and it it is it is a deep journey of ancestral healing that requires just an honest outlook of of trauma wounds patterns that come from your paternal and maternal lineages and that's one way to to begin for oneself from one's own culture one's own bloodline and it's the most incredible service you can give to yourself and to the future of your lineage and then after that first step I always love to share and I I feel like this is a very relieving reminder that before we all were born into a culture before we were all born into a lineage we were all human we were all of the earth of the elements of spirit and and that is why we feel connection with other cultures other lineages other people other places inherently you know this like oof deep tug with a song or a craft of another culture and that is also because we all cultures around all lands we there's a tie there's there's this braided knowing of being in connection and communion with the stars with the moon with the sun and also with the land the plants the trees and 
the ways that the land speaks to the people, it all comes from the same source, but it's interpreted and it's translated in different ways. And so that's how culture was then created. And so within this journey of, of feeling called to learn from maybe a different culture of, of one's own, there, there's always, I feel, this, this awareness of respect and reverence to arrive at this teaching or arrive at this, at this ceremony as a listener, as a student, as a witness to learning and to remembering how they, the other, has translated this this reminder this remembrance and and simply receiving it from that point of view mm-hmm. and not in this taking place of like oh this is this is what i came here to 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 get or to extract but simply to just receive a greater understanding that we are all in relation with the elemental world with the natural world with the spiritual world and it looks different from for all of us. But the first step, it being important to begin that inquiry within yourself or within ourselves to, to, to commit and to dedicate to our own ancestral healing. There's room and there's space to explore others and, and find greater relation and relevance with, with the world around us and with each other, with all the differences we come back to remembering that we're all coming from the same source. That's beautiful. I love a couple different things about that. One, like you say, going back to your own, one's own lineage and healing whatever needs to be healed with that and just being present to it. And then the, this other piece of how we are all humans before we were any culture, before we were any, any place, any particular people, we are all humans. And then this third piece I really loved of being in this place of receiving. And so that when something new is learned, instead of approaching it from, oh, I can, I can grab a hold of that and I can bring it into my life and turn it into something. It's like, I can receive and I can listen for what it has for me. I can listen for what it offers but really from this space of, of receiving and listening. I love that. And that actually brings me to, and then we'll come back to unearth. There's so many things to, to come to because you do so many amazing things. But that brings me to cacao because ceremonial cacao is really big now. And I've interviewed a couple of people who it's a big part of their life and and it's one of those things that like you can take on i mean i i had some before our conversation because i wanted to be in as open a space as possible and at the same time i'm very aware that i actually know very little and i'm like playing with something that that i don't quite understand so i'm i'm fascinated like how how you work with that this offering of something like ceremonial cacao, which I know is really important to you and, and you do a lot of work with and this connection to it and how it impacts us, but also the colonization of it and how, how you work with both of those. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. So again, like as with everything that we're in relationship with, be it this computer, this cup in our hands, this herb in the cup, everything that we are in relationship with, because we are, to truly come to this place of introducing yourself as if you're beginning the relationship, right? So if it's a medicine that you're not familiar with or or a drink or plant or whatever it is that you're in relationship with, that you're embarking on a journey with, to come to the seat of of humbling yourself as a student, as a listener, that receiving place and, and setting a prayer, setting an intention, it's all, it all is beautiful in that way. It doesn't, you don't need to, I don't feel like you need to have a deepening study or a profound understanding of what it is. But if you, if you speak to the spirit of what you are communing with and you are, you come in a good way, you arrive and embark in this relationship in a, in a humble, reverent way, the medicine will guide you. And of course, within everything that we place into our bodies, I feel like it is very important to know what it is that we are placing into our bodies for the benefit of our health and for the respect of the medicine. And so that's why I've, I've committed to, to really teaching about the, the, history, her story of cacao, the origin stories of cacao, and also the colonization, this evolution of how cacao has been stripped from its source and from its spirit, and how in this culture that is consumed by how can we evolve with with what's popular or trendy or this, again, this sense of belonging with what's alive in that moment, in that culture, in that place the root gets gets taken away and 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 actually the purpose the purpose of one's longing and that internal search for what that how that medicine can impact you it, it gets forgotten and so there's so much to share here so much to share always it's such a deep path of of really remembering that once upon a time everything on this earth was sacred and it still is. It's just, we choose that. We choose to view it as sacred. We choose to view it as ancient and we choose to arrive at that place of communion as student and listener. Well, I'll say a few words and you can see if you want to respond any more to it because I think the thing that keeps coming up, as you've mentioned, is relationship, being in relationship with and listening. And um, I'm so struck. (laughs) I'm so struck in this moment by like, I think one of, okay, hold on, pause for a second. this touches on something that's so deep for me which is I have um, I have this love of questions and I have this love of listening and I have this love of 
being a student and I, I'm realizing as you're talking that I think one of the great ruptures in this culture is, I don't know if rupture is the right word, but maybe one of the great um, wounds or consequences, everyone is like um, moving directly to being the teacher, moving directly to knowing, moving directly to categorizing, defining, arriving, figuring out, and how I think that actually like breaks our spirits because I just have to go on, on what's true for me, which is this sense that I'm meant to forever be a student. I'm meant to forever be in this place of questions and not to take away from the wisdom of, of getting older and, and the power in claiming one's authority. So I, I understand that as well, but I just think there's so much that gets lost in a culture where we all want to appear like we know what we're doing and we have figured it out. So if you have anything you want to say about that. Mm. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for, for feeling that so true because it, it is, it's, it's the truth of, of our, of our culture as a human species right now we're seeing it everywhere all lands the the change which is so natural of course nature changes and that's the that's the main structure of it is that it's always changing the seasons always come back and and it's all temporary and i do think that there's so much to learn that's why within my program of unearth i i'm simply just sharing the teachings that i have gathered along the way as a guide as a guide to hopefully reach that inner compass within each woman to to remember that that they are guided by these elemental spirits and also their ancestors and also themselves as 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 we journey back and forth from being listener and then and then giver and speaker and receiver it's this beautiful exchange that we get to have as humans and i think when again like we zoom out and we see the greater the grander vision of why we're here that we remember that it's it's not just for us to take or to turn into a business or an offering and, and that's what's happened that's most of most sacred medicines from from cultures that pray with these medicines as sacraments have been have been stripped and abused and and it's our responsibility to return to that 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 respectful place of simply even acknowledging acknowledging the origin the true source and and giving back to the original stewards so i do yeah i value so much what you just shared because it's it's that turning point of returning to to the 
to the mission that we are all here to honor everything as sacred again. And, and you know, that we're all able to commune with, with all the medicines, but it's just in the how that, that really makes and benefits all, right? Ah, I, I just got a little, a little uh, lost in, in this little well here. I don't remember exactly what you asked. No, that's, beautiful. that's beautiful. I didn't actually even, I kind of just spoke and then gave it to you. It wasn't even in the form of a question. So that was cool. um, the, the thing that I'm wondering now, and, and then I actually really do want to talk about unearth among other things is that the first thing is, I think one of the biggest challenges that is so common now is the sense of, oh no, I really do want to be in relationship with, and I really do want to listen and I want to pay attention. And there's so life is busy and there's so much and I, and there's so many things to take care of. And and how do I slow down in the midst of that? Or I live in a really busy city and it's hard to connect with the land or just all of that, like all that comes up when we, we long for that deeper connection, but feel like life is too fast to find it. How do you slow down? How do you, how do you do that? Well, for me, it looks like how I begin my day, how I greet a new morning, how I welcome a new opportunity to be alive and to hopefully show up as best as I can. Of course, again, it's always messy and it, it, there's never a right way, right? It's, I don't think there's a wrong way, maybe to say that, because it's all just how it needs to be. And to embrace that, accept that is, is it, it holds, holds us steady in, in knowing that it's all temporary and it's all always changing. But I do really place a lot of value into how we begin our day. So whether it's setting your alarm clock 10 minutes before you usually do or changing up your rhythm upon rising from your bed to sit and to receive this deep rest, this rejuvenation of spirit in your body from the night's sleep and to receive it, really begin to integrate that for your day to come. And simply by doing that, you don't even have to light a candle. You can just prop up from being horizontal to a little bit vertically and and reconnecting, reconnecting to your body, taking a few deep breaths. And it sounds so simple, but it truly is so impactful. And, and that's a way to start. That's a way to really honor how, how you wish to show up, your prayer, your intention. And, and then if you can do that before you go to bed as well, to honor all that you lived throughout the day, whether it was a very busy, quick, full day, which that moment right before you go to bed, you giving yourself that moment is so incredible. It's such a gift to give to yourself. So or if it's a slow day and you've maybe had opportunities throughout the day to be in stillness, even still doing that before you go to bed to, to ask for guidance for the next day or for the days to follow. Those two pillars from morning to evening 
to create that time, 10 minutes even, is so, so vital for the continuation of tomorrow because we, we're not promised a tomorrow. We don't know what's to come, but if we honor and if we make time to, to say thank you for what we just lived, oh my gosh, it multiplies. It really does multiply and the blessings will continue to shower upon you even though life feels fast. Mm, that's beautiful. So unearth, let's talk a little bit about that, which is, <laughs> so I said before that what I have written down is uh, among, there's a lot that you, that you speak to in it. And for some reason, this was the sentence that grabbed me at the time. It's, uh, Deepen your relationship with nature and spirit through the authentic ancient voice of your vessel as a woman. And I think the, the question, there's a couple things around that. One is what this is, this authentic ancient voice and this idea of your vessel as a woman. So as compared to a man, for example, like what is it about the vessel as a woman? And what is it, what is this? Because we often talk about authentic voice, but we don't talk about ancient voice. So what that is to you? Well, to begin with the ancient, this is the, the primordial, the primitive, the raw, the true, the pure source of authenticity that we came into this world with. This is the inner child. This is the, the, the innocence, the curiosity, the, myster- the, the mysterious, wondrous child. That to me is authentic. That to me is before anything else came into into the self to to either trigger or uh, steer away from this inner knowing of oneself and and that I always return to the child the the mystery the, the, the mysterious child because if we're mysterious or if we're wondrous if we live our life with with curiosity and this like awestruck of everything that we that we receive in life we're open to life. And so that helps us to return to our authenticity. So that's the ancient. And then authenticity is this no question knowing that you as a unique human being, me as a unique me, we're all so diversely sculpted in this world and that we are all needed the way that we were made. And to do the work, the commitment to do the work, to not mold ourselves into what maybe we are told to be or are accustomed or used to being by society, family, culture, beyond, to to return to that, to that inner knowing that you, me, within our own messy, wild selves, that is what we that's what's needed in the world, that honest, honest sense of self. So those are the, I would say the anchors to then expressing the voice, expressing the, the voice of our vessel, which as a woman, I revere our sacred bodies, our womb spaces as this, this precious portal of creation. And there's so much here scientifically and also within the spirit of our bodies as a woman. So the journey of an earth really is just this 
this remembrance into caring for ourselves as as human beings, these bodies, these vessels that carry this force, this power of creation, right? Whether we give birth to children or not in this lifetime, we carry that power of creation within our womb. And so within that lives the elemental world where the waters, the waters of our womb, the waters of our body, our blood, they stream through and they help us to remember the message, the voice that we're here to translate and the story that we're here to tell. So both of these, the anchor, and then I would say like the, the, the trunk, the pillar, the, the, the roots of, of the tree help us to express this voice. And one of the ways is through the pelvic region within our womb, how in relation it is to our throat region and how what we are emotionally navigating within our inner world stems from our, our pelvic bowl and it is liberated and expressed and it's it's it becomes free and it becomes medicine from our throat and so how how we express it and to do the work to hopefully clear any blockages or any any bumps along the way to to really access this creative power this creative force this creativity within us through our voice through our voice as a woman because again just as our authenticity is needed in this world so it's our voice our authentic voice everyone's voice is needed and the way that we translate the messages of spirit uniquely into this world the song that we are here to sing from our own unique tone of voice is so so needed to create a melodic orchestrative collective voice that will hopefully bring more healing into the world. This is so, I mean, I feel like this alone could be such a deep, rich conversation. Just that this whole thing about pelvic bowl and the voice. And somebody had shared with me, a friend of mine had shared an illustration that she found on the internet. She didn't know who made it, but it had an illustration of what of what the vulva looked like and then the vocal cords and they looked almost the same. I, I have to see if I can find it, but um, it was amazing. And this deep connection between the root of who we are and this place of creation and then our, our throat, our voice and how we create with whatever comes out of it, like what we create, the, 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 the worlds that we create through our words and, and song. Can you speak a little bit to what your journey looked like around if there was like creating that connection for yourself? Mm -hmm. Yes. It's it's so magnificent. The inner biology of, of all of us, right? Not just women, but just us humans and how it's all connected. And this ecosystem that lives within us is just a reflection of the outer ecosystem. And I think that's where it lies. Like for me, my, my turning point, or I would say this deepening point of my journey was to, to stop looking outward, to really look inward and, and, ask myself these questions and maybe instead of asking others the questions and of course having not being so 
consumed within the inner world. I think that's very important to know that what's happening internally is also happening externally. But I think the switch is when we when we have this desire, right, to to either learn more or or seek guidance or hopefully clear a blockage that we look inward and and that was a shift for me that was instead of looking outward to how everyone else spoke and you know growing up as a shy sensitive child and not speaking I didn't speak out loud in in public places I had this deep fear of speaking in front of people for so long and and knowing that that was my that was my my big healing that's what I came here to heal not only as a woman but as 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 me as as what my mission is 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 meant to be and so continuously looking inward to to remember that the worthiness comes from here the worthiness doesn't come from the external whether it's validation or or feeling like you're like the other person it, it comes from that that internal contentment, that peace that I spoke to before of, wow, I can relax and I can rest in myself. Like how, what a blessing is this? And not have to try to be someone that I'm not. And, and that this is a big journey for a lot of us. And it was for me. It really, it really propelled me into now the work that I do, it coming from a place of that deep work that I, that I did and that I continue to do. Beautiful. Okay. So you have this nonprofit, which I'm going to have you say the name of in a minute, which is dedicated to creating alliances with indigenous nations of Mexico, Guatemala, and Peru. And the commitment is to build bridges for their life ways and offerings to be received in accessible, impactful ways. And my understanding is this was born like in COVID. Is that right? Or was it before COVID? Yes, it was, it was born a bit before, but it became what it is now. Okay. So first, can you say the name since I don't speak Spanish and I don't want to say it? Sure. It's Origin Raiz. And that means origin root or, or what, how do you say it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or, origin raiz means origin root. Okay. So talk, a, just say what it is, let us know what it is. And then we can, if you can speak to, for example, one particular family that you're working with one story uh, so that we can have a clear understanding of the kind of work that you're doing, because it's really, it's really important and it's really beautiful. Thank you. Yeah. So Origen Reis is an organization that is in dedication to amplifying the voices of the indigenous of Peru, Guatemala, and Mexico. This is a a project and an offering that my partner and I created in honor of our teachers and of the path that we've embarked on to to truly receive guidance from them and also to then give back, to support and to bridge their work farther and, and, and wider as we are in need of, of this guidance. So it 
this this vision began, I believe, in 2016, 2017, when I began a documentary series for Indigenous women in communion with Mother Earth, which was with craft and with medicine. And that was a passion project that now is Origen Raiz, but it was actually for me just a, a way to document and, and record these memories, these stories that were so graciously told and that we received and have been so impacted by. And so now it's become this community organization platform to bridge their their stories, their lives in a more accessible way. So we are creating an online platform for them to share their tradition with us all through the web and then also creating opportunities for people to come and visit them in a reverent way to support their families directly as the economy of all of these places are declining, especially through COVID. And, and they, they have, they have seeked us, they have reached out to us to, to help and to support. And so it's, it's our humble offering to simply share their works and their, their life ways and, surrender to what this this mission is as students and for now we have an online program coming up with Lady Martinez who is a Shipibo Conibo mother potter and woman of Peru from the Amazon region, Perinacocha region of Peru and she has been a teacher of mine for the past few years and she works with clay, she works with the traditional weavings of of her lineage and so we're working on an online program for her right now and then creating a pilgrimage offering into the Andean region of Peru to visit the Quero peoples and also the Amazon region to visit the Shipibo-Conibo family so that's what's in the works right now and I know that you can go on the nonprofit site to purchase products, right? To purchase uh, like pottery and bags and things like that, right? That's a a way that you can support these different communities, that one can support these different communities as well. Yes, yes. So we have the Tienda de Artesanía, the artisan store on our website, and you can view it, get to know the communities. I think for, for us as bridgers and for them too, when we ask them like what what do you what 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 do you hope to receive from from people outside of your community and of your culture and they all of them simply just told us like we just want them to know our stories we want them to know who we are and so it's this bridge of education and awareness into their craft and their their stories and traditions and so a way to support directly is by adopting their craft. And there's so many beautiful, beautiful offerings that they make. And within each offering, it, they tell the story of their culture. And so that's one way to, to commune, get to know about them more. And then, of course, hopefully with these online programs and then also in-person pilgrimages, another way, right? A deeper way to, to get to know them and to learn of, of their teachings and of their wisdom keeping. Okay, thank you. Thank you for that. So the last part 
is first letting people know where to find you. So easy to breathe.com is your website and you can connect to anything through easy to breathe. That's a, a great space to go and, and find out all of your offerings and learn about unearth and about your pottery and where you're at with it. And, and the other one is your nonprofit. So can you spell that for people who are listening and it will all be in the show notes so there'll be links to everything there but just so you have it as you're as someone's listening yes so origenraiz.org is o-r-i-g-e-n-r-a-i-z.org okay beautiful and then the next part is a gratitude that I offer. And I wanted to actually start and when I was doing some research for this interview, I, the day before I, I had a fairly, I don't know, it was not an easy day. And so I knew that I was gonna be doing research for, for you the next day. And I made this vow to myself as I went to bed that, the three main things that I had during the day, I was just going to really create a lot of space for and really give myself to each thing as I did it. So I went in with that energy to doing the work for, for this interview. And as I was reading and listening to things, I could just feel like I was changing. I could feel it changing. I could feel the energy shifting something in me. Like it's so much in everything that you offer. It's like on whether it's Instagram or your website or it's conversations that you're having or articles, whatever it is, there's just this energy of who you are that pervades all of it. And I, I was impacted by like my energy changed because of it. And then the gratitude really that comes from this interview from this particular conversation is just that the way that you listen the way that you listen to the land, the way you listen to clay, the way you listen to your own life and your voice and the path that you're walking and your lineage, just the way that you are in relationship with every aspect of your time here, what it means to be you is so inspiring I felt at times that the words you were saying were like speaking directly to what I needed to hear and that comes from your deep devotion to your own listening and I'm so so grateful for the way that you are showing up in this form at this time so thank you Mariana thank you so much Daphne it's mutually Yeah, so appreciative of how you receive and also how you give. And I think as someone who's so dedicated to asking questions and knowing stories and 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 telling stories, right? You're you're a memory keeper and that is so precious. You know, we're recording life spirit right now. We're recording remembrances for for the future for what's to come and this is a legacy that we leave here and so I really really appreciate 
your devotion and and also as a listener yourself being guided to to the work that you're you're committing to and doing it so 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 beautifully and with such sincerity i really appreciate you and this opportunity that we have had here to share and um, help each other remember and grow and yeah enjoy this beautiful life that we are given thank you and that last question i i actually just want to know if there's something that you feel called to share that we either haven't spoken to or that just you feel is is here to be said is there something Mm, i do feel this yeah this spark this little flame of of what i i was actually i had also a pretty moving day yesterday you know we're moving through the transition of autumn and at this time in life just so much changing and it's it's impacting us it's it's inviting us to also do that that inner sweeping and cleaning to to also change and so yesterday i i talked to one of my dear elders oshana and was just sharing where i'm at and she just continued to to share this reminder that anything that is truly alive changes and it brought me into this beautiful place of receiving and relaxing and resting in that yes everything changes and it's because it's alive and what a blessing and to not get caught up in in one moment that may be challenging or, or get caught up in the story that we continuously tell ourselves that keeps us in that, you know, stuckness, because it's all changing. And so feeling to share this, this with all, because it rung so true for me yesterday. Yesterday was, was a little tougher, but today it's not. Today doesn't have to be. We get to choose that. And and that remembering that it's all temporary, that everything is changing, and to remain remain in the awe of that, remain in the curiosity of, of why and, and what's to come, the mystery. So yeah, I'm, I'm here with, with you all and I'm, I'm so grateful for, for this ever-evolving life that we get to live together wherever we are tuning in from. Thank you. That's beautiful. Thank you so much, Mariana. I am so grateful, truly for your invitation and just for this work that you're doing. This is like a deep honor to be a part of because how you ask questions and and how you, your inner inquiries and how you express them, it's so beautiful. I'm, I'm so grateful. Thank you. If this conversation has moved you or inspired you in some way, take time with it. Let the words and the wisdom settle in. And if you feel called to share this episode with someone else, please do. For all show notes and past episodes and to learn about all offerings, go to daphnecone.com or withincommunity.com. If you want to subscribe to this podcast, you can do that over on iTunes or Spotify, and you can review it over at iTunes. And again, if you'd like to be part of a more intimate conversation with Mariana, she will join us in Within in February to talk about relationships with the earth, ourselves, and our creativity. You can learn more at within-online.com. Thank you for listening.